Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Espo, and Gerald Bourget. And we got a fun tweet right before the show started about Kevin Durant. How you guys feeling? I mean, I feel like it's somewhat exciting but it's not giving us a ton to go off of um obviously we got the tweet from sean devaney and steve bullpit who are two longtime celtics reporters i've worked with sean personally um actually met steve in vegas at summer league these are guys that have been covering boston sports for a really long time so they are reputable sources for anyone who was wondering that but um, at least it's something like, I don't know if it's I the dead she, days of August. I think she was just asking you how you're doing. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. We can jump right into how we're feeling about this. Okay. I feel like she asked how we're feeling about the tweet, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I don't, it's something at least I, I wasn't expecting much in August. I thought we were probably gonna have to wait closer to training camp, but it looks like he's at least meeting with Nets owner, Josai. Yeah. It's a trusted source. At least they... The people behind it. So uh, obviously we don't know who their actual sources are. But mm-hmm. uh, so I trust what we're hearing. We just have no clue and we'll get into it. But um, at least it's something like Gerald said. I'm, I'm glad we're hearing some kind of movement because I was in the camp that we're not going to hear anything about KD until we get to training camp or closer to training camp. So any movement is a step closer to, to closure. Mm-hmm. So I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm happy with any movement, whether it's good for the Suns or bad. I don't care. I want this all <laughs> over Just a with. resolution okay, at this point. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into what was shared. So as you mentioned, Sean Devaney tweeted out, breaking news from Steve Bullpett. Sources tell Heavy on Sports that Kevin Durant will meet with Brooklyn Nets owner Joe Sy this week as his request for a trade has reached a stalemate. So, as you mentioned, this is a reputable source. Mark Stein also, quote, tweeted that tweet, sharing more information, saying that he reached out to the Nets to see if they would comment on this, and they chose to decline to comment on it. But within the article that they shared, we'll talk about a couple quotes. The first one said, One league executive believes there could soon be a chance for clarity. The source told Heavy Sports, quote, What I'm hearing is that KD is going to meet with the owner this week. He's going to go directly to the owner, Joe Sy, sometime this week. We'll see how that all works out. Do you guys think this is 
just kind of a touching base type of a thing? Or do you think this is a precursor to the nuclear codes that we've talked about? What I've heard is that those two are pretty close. Mm-hmm. And they have a really good relationship. So I'm going to assume that in some way, shape, or form, they're either going to clear, clear the air or Katie's going to ultimately say exactly what we've been hearing. It's like, I'm done. Like, I'm out. Find my myself a way to either Phoenix or Miami or whatever. I, I just, I'm not going to do this. Because from what I've heard is that Katie doesn't like playing for Steve Nash. He does not like that coaching staff. Uh, he's even tried to leverage getting other coaches to come in onto that staff so at least he can tolerate it. And then with the Kyrie thing all thrown in, uh, I just feel like KD doesn't have uh, – he doesn't feel like the stability there is is ideal for him, so he wants out, and I get it. Well, the staff thing's tricky too because Steve Nash went to Brooklyn in part because of Sean Marks, the GM, who he had a relationship with from his playing days. So the the whole thing is complicated, but I don't know. This do- Later in the article, I don't know if we're going to get to this specific quote, but another source says – Katie's not the kind of guy in his mind to go nuclear, to to push that that option. So, I mean, I don't know who to believe in any of this anymore. We know Katie wants to be in Phoenix in in part, but is he willing to do what it'll take to get there? Or is this some kind of meeting where the two sides are trying to find a tenable way to, to remain together? Yeah, I think this is kind of the make or break point as far as like this might be the Nets last gasp as far as convincing him to want to stay um, because it does say in the article that the source uh, doesn't really know what's going to happen in that meeting because they know that Kevin Durant is obviously upset. They know that he wants his trade request. Um, But is it going to be a kind of bury the hatchet, clear the air meeting? Is it going to be him holding that hard line? Um, one executive that was quoted in the article was basically saying that they don't see that happening. Um, but there was some other stuff in there that we get, we got to keep in mind, this is all coming from a Celtics media perspective as well. Um, because a lot of the article focused on that Celtics offer of Jalen Brown that we had talked about, I think last week or the week before, um, they're contending that that was never on the table, um, that the nets could be trying to sabotage the Celtics from afar and that other teams are upset that when they talk to the Nets about Kevin Durant, it leaks and it gets out. And so they're saying that's not a good way to do business and it could prevent them from making any type of deal at all. So it's hard to parse through that and figure out, okay, what's just Celtics backlash being upset about the Jalen Brown thing leaking and what is actual, you know, factual reporting? Like, is this another leverage play from the Celtics? Or is it the Celtics leaking that stuff, saying that the Nets are leaking that stuff. So that way, like there's right. just yeah. a whole <laughs> right. rabbit hole. We yeah. can just go all the way down. Exactly. I mean, because really, are the Nets sitting there in the middle of their own chaos going, you know what? We should really try to screw the Celtics right now <laughs> and claim that Jalen Brown was off. Like, no, you're, that's like 5D chess. And Sean Marks isn't sitting there playing 5D chess, trying to screw the Celtics in hopes that three years down the line, his team's good enough to even compete with the Celtics, like that's not going on. Right I mean, now. if you're a drowning person, what's the one thing you do? You latch onto yeah. whatever you can grab. So or the Nets whoever. are that drowning person. <laughs> like, 
they are looking for something that will save themselves. They're looking for a net, and they're gonna bring down whatever's in their vicinity, trying to keep their head above well, water. So they're drowning. So they that? thought, let's just try to bring down the Celtics yeah. who just made the finals by. Oh yeah, by, like it, I. Well, they're well, division twofold. rivals. You you create co- drama and chaos for the Celtics, and then mm-hmm. you also get to put out there like, hey, this is the starting asking price. Mm-hmm. So you drive up value on your side of things, and then you also create a little bit of a small fire next door. Thank you, chat. I'm glad you heard what I said. I, I heard it. I chose to ignore it. I Usually I'm the conspiracy guy here that would be yeah. all bought in. And even this is a bridge too far for me that I just don't think that – that the Nets, in the middle of everything going on with them, that that's even a thought in their mind in, in trying to screw the Celtics. My guess is there was a conversation at some point. Somebody said Jalen Brown, and some person within the Nets' orbit heard about, oh, Jalen Brown was once offered in a KD deal, and the Nets didn't pull the trigger, and it got out there. Like, I don't I don't. Well, think- he tweeted right after right. it was reported that he was— clearly a little bit upset about the report mm-hmm. so i i don't it's not think like that didn't work if i don't that think was that, the yeah. situation i don't think that's their primary focus i think that's <laughs> they're okay with that being uh like collateral okay. damage okay. something yeah. that happens as a All result right. any but back on the on the kd side of things i just i don't think he's going to pull the pin on the grenade i just he does not seem None of this has ever suggested to me that's what he's going to do. If he was going to do that, why not just blow it up from word one? Why go through this whole dog and pony show for for you know five six weeks when at any point in this, like two days later, he could have been like, "Look, guys, I'm not coming back. I refuse to come back. Make this happen." Now all he's done is is drag the league through drama, put all these other teams. Uh, you know, through all this crap, I don't know why Kevin Durant wouldn't just have gone all in at that first meeting if he's going to do well, it. Well, it's because of leverage. It's because of le- at the beginning of the summer, you don't have as much leverage as you do once you hit training camp, mm-hmm. and you don't show up to training camp. Guess what? Now you have the leverage because they need you or they need somebody in place of you to be playing in these games, and <laughs> you, you get to training camp like. That's where the rubber is going to meet the road. Like he's had the so leverage to say, "I will not come back to you. I will not report to training camp the yeah, but, entire time." But it's just like it's like teams that make trades at deadlines, right? It's mm-hmm. like they could have made the same trade a week ago, but oh. they wait until the last minute because that's where all the leverage I, is. And when teams get desperate, and I think that's what's going to happen with with uh, the uh, with KD and the Nets is that he's going to force them to be desperate. And then th- thus take uh, a desperate offer, which could be, you know, a McHale and four draft picks as opposed to the bounty that they would have gotten from like Minnesota or something. Look, I get it from I get it from the Nets perspective. They want to wait. They want to, you know, they want to see if there's any way uh, to to fix things, you know, or or get some big offer that isn't coming. But if you're KD, there's no reason to wait on saying you're not. But he didn't really wait. He did. He did. Put that messaging through his agent to the Nets. The Nets tried to slow play this, and they've done this. And so, I mean, I get, I get it. It's like it's a, it's a methodical process. Like, right. and listen, KD has an off season too, right? It's like he doesn't want to spend all of his time worrying about, you know, where he's going to play next year. He just wait 
he'll, he'll wait. He did it all the way at the beginning of free agency. Nothing happened. He's going to wait until, you know, we get to training camp and then move on. It's, it's a gradual buildup. It's something that you need to lay the groundwork for to get to that point. Like if he had if he had come to them at the beginning of the summer when he first requested that trade and said, I'm not showing up to training camp, then the reporting would have been, OK, the Nets are going to give him time to cool off. They're going to re-meet with him. They're going to try and rebuild that relationship and nothing would still get done because like it or not, he still has those four years on his contract. And as much as he has the leverage to force his way out, that might take some time because the team is not going to give up a all-time great who has four years left on his deal just because he comes to them in July and says, I want out. Like It's going to take him forcing their hand, and that's a gradual process leading up to training camp. And I do think, Lindsay, we did have a quote from the article on what the executive thought about KD possibly holding out. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys kind of basically touched on it, but essentially they said, I don't see KD being a hardline guy either. If they can't get a deal done, he's just going to say F it and he'll play and he'll play hard like he always does. I know KD and he's not going to sit out or anything like that. He's not that kind of guy. There's no way he's not going to do anything like that. That seems pretty firm in the thought process that that's just not going to happen. And he's not going to be in Phoenix. Yeah. But to Gerald's point, like this could be something where and someone in the chat brought it up. Odette said Katie doesn't screw over teams. He could have simply left the Warriors, but agreed to a sign and trade to help Golden State. Maybe he's also trying to play nice in the sandbox here. Like, hey, yeah, I have four years left. If this doesn't happen this offseason, let's revisit it at the trade deadline. Let's revisit it next year. But at some point in time in the near future, before I have one single year left on my contract, I want to be out of here. Like it could be one of those type of agreements where it's like, you know, I want to leave. I'm going to play hard for you while I'm still here. But you need to get this done at a certain point in time. What that certain point in time is, is remains to be seen. Like Jose in the chat said, uh, he said, I'm over the KD thing, over it. And I'm getting to that point. Like, I'm getting to the point where you should just focus on how do you bolster the roster that you have that won you 64 games last year and had put you in a position where you felt like you could win an NBA championship. How do you make those moves uh, to bolster it without blowing up a large portion of it? Because at some point, you just got to say, I'm, I'm done. Like, I, I get it. KD's a generational talent, but at some point, you got to just decide what your path is. I agree with that to a certain extent. I think you look at their roster, they only have one roster spot left as it is. So their roster is pretty much set. If you're talking about like other trades, like the That's ones that we, the non KD trades, you can make some of those, but I do think maintaining the flexibility of we can run it back and still be able to trade for him later in the season or at the trade deadline, I think you get the best of both worlds that way. You still need to find that secondary ball handler, um, that potential campaign upgrade. And at this point, there aren't, there's really nobody in free agency that's left. I think you kind of fill your final roster spot. You go into the season with continuity on your side, and then you still maintain that flexibility of, okay, if the Nets push the eject button later in the season at the trade deadline, we're still in pole position we're still where Kevin Durant wants to play. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I I think as far as moving on and preparing your roster for the upcoming season, I think we're getting close to that point. But as far as shutting the door on a Kevin Durant trade entirely, I I don't know if you do that just yet. Well, I just I just I'm at a point where 
if you trade for him at the trade deadline, the chances that you're going to win a title are slim to none because you're going to have to gut that roster and then try to figure out how all the pieces work together then with little option to fill in the gaps that you're going to create by trading guys for Kevin Durant. That's a 2023-24 season play at that point in my mind. I don't know if I agree. Name me a team that made a big de- a big trade that seismically changed the entire roster and complexion of things while losing key pieces and went on to win a title. I mean, at the, trade. the Houston name Rockets did it with Clyde Drexler. I mean, that name didn't me blow up things though, but that blew up Portland's it. chances but, of ever but, winning a championship. But and, name and me a midseason trade where the guy coming back was as good as Kevin Durant. Like True. those don't really happen typically midseason. That's so that's just kind of an outlier. But I don't know. I I think you maintain you keep the door open, but you set your sights on the upcoming season if this continues. But Again, they're meeting this week, so there's probably going to be more reporting on what comes out of that meeting, and we'll have clarity a little bit more one way or another. Is Kevin Durant okay with coming back to the Nets, or is he pushing closer to this hardline stance that this one executive doesn't think he'll take? I I just hope we get some decent information. Um, I I know it's really selfish wanting to be like a fly (laughs) on the wall for that conversation, but hopefully one of the two of them shares some with some of these insiders around the NBA so that can maybe just provide a little bit more clarity for us over here because we're the ones who are, I feel like we feel the brunt of this whole situation because it's it's just never ending, it feels like. It's been so drug out, Mm -hmm. and we're all kind of getting to that point where it's like, yes, it's KD, and you want KD on your team, but also, like, what about the season? We don't want to completely just ignore that as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place for now. But hopefully, like I said, we'll get some clarity later this week. Um, If you didn't bet on KD coming to the Suns or staying in Brooklyn, you kind of missed out on the DraftKings Sportsbook app because that's no longer available But what is available are futures bets for this upcoming season. So if you're feeling like you want to go peek at some of those odds over there and maybe potentially play some future bets, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code PHNX. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, apologies to anybody who took my... um, DraftKings uh, bet of the week last <laughs> week with the Rattlers because that, oh, that was brutal. Well. That was a controversial I mean, was finish. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, was, but that was tough. Maybe it was my fault. I think I jinxed him. But, <laughs> well, not, nothing like a title coming to Prescott Valley potentially. You know, <sighs> the bastion of sport uh, sports in the states. Are so. you bashing Prescott Valley? I'm just. <laughs> Saying it would be interesting. <laughs> we'll not have any Prescott Valley slander on this show. Do you all say Prescott or do either any of you say Prescott? I say Prescott. Prescott. I say Prescott too. Like Trisket. If there were, if it was like, yeah, no, it's Prescott. There's, there's no way around it. <laughs> all right. Also, one other reminder: we've got some free stuff up for grabs over at gophnx.com for peaks. And PHNX have teamed up for our Toast of the Month sweepstakes, and we need to pick a winner for this month, so we need you all to go enter in to potentially win. And if you do win, you're going to get a $50 Four Peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. So once again, head on over to gophnx.com or click the link in the show notes for your chance to win. Charles Charles and I are, are brothers in Cordis Junction. 
So <laughs> yeah. we will not stand for this Prescott Valley slander. Okay. <laughs> Just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older to enjoy Four Peaks beer. And we ask that you enjoy responsibly. But the entire family, no matter the age, can enjoy the Four Peaks brewery out in Tempe and the delicious food that they have over there. Okay, it's time for everyone's favorite day, favorite segment of the entire week. It's Trade Machine <laughs> Tuesday time. Cue it, Jacob. Train Machine Tuesday. Train Machine Tuesday. Train Machine Tuesday. Right again, Jacob. <laughs> and today we had Espo put together some trades surrounding Jay Crowder. Before we get into it, I do have one quick question because I've seen a lot of this in the chat, everyone being like, let's just trade Jay, Crow Jay Crowder already. Do we really feel like yesterday's tweet was as as dramatic as a, I don't want to be here no, tweet? No. Why, I'm just confused as to, it seems like so many people are like, get him out of here. Everybody's like, was in, it that bad? I mean, I don't, impatient. I don't have the same vitriol as as, as maybe the, the Eric Bledsoe, you know, comment. But I do think he was relatively saying the same thing. I feel like he's ready to go. But I didn't take I, Listen, these guys say something and I'm not expecting instant results right away. So, hey, at, at some point he'll be gone, I'm sure. I am. Get stuff done, James. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> Look, I think everybody's impatient. So somebody, people want something to happen. They feel like if Jay thought he was getting traded, it was leading to KD. Like everybody is just waiting for that Woj bomb to to make everything magically feel great right now. And I I don't think it's coming right away. So I think a majority of the chat feels like Jay Crowder tr being traded is not as big a deal. There's a few people that are like, oh, you guys all forgot about how he played against the Dallas Mavericks. I'm also – I'm not of that person. I'm not that person. I'm like, yeah, but what about the other six series where he was wildly inconsistent all the time? The only – the only thing that I will always point to with Jay Crowder is he is one of the most unsung, tangible guys out there on the basketball court, especially defensively. He does a lot of small things to cover up a lot of mishaps for this team. Um, so he's a great team player in that regard. But, um, you know, hitting a big bucket just wasn't always one of them. I, I think people focus on his streakiness a lot and they miss a lot of the things that the intangible things that he does that his teammates always talk about. And yes, this group has always been very forthcoming with their praise of everybody on the roster. So you have to read into that a little bit, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but like it's really the inconsistency thing because like you were saying, Saul, like the Pelican series, he could not make a shot. And then the Mav series, he could not miss a shot. And you would like to have a happy medium yeah. between those two extremes. And I think that's what, you know, drives people crazy about him. But I, I'm of the opinion you don't trade him just for a bag of chips just because of this one tweet that, again, we don't know what the context is behind that tweet. Maybe he does want to be traded. Maybe he has heard the trade rumors and it pissed him off. Or like we said, maybe he's just trolling. Or maybe he's just being told that he's going to be coming off the bench. We don't know what it means yet. He's tired of Hilo River and he wants to go to Talking Stick. I don't know. <laughs> like, who knows? I, I just, I think... I think it's time to start Cam Johnson, and that's a whole other topic that we can talk about in the future, but I don't think you just give him up for nothing because he is a valuable role player. He's not he's the weakest link in your starting five, but he can still be a good bench piece and a veteran defender, two-way player. I don't for think you. you're ever going to trade him solo. No. I think he'll be in a package to get you something 
of of good value in return. I, that's the only mm-hmm. way you get rid of Jake Crowder. You do not trade him for a first or a second round pick or or some scrub that's barely ever going to play. You have to get value back for him because he is a valuable player. Mm-hmm. Well, it, his attitude too, like the the swag that he brings. It, again, I I go back to the chemistry thing. If you start messing with too much of this. Does the does the bottom fall out at some point? Does does what has made you a great team start to disappear when you start make making too many moves, uh, if if it's possible? I don't think there's just trading Jay does that. Let me make that clear. But, but I think. But if it's Jay, it's Cam, it's Mikhail, and all this starts to go out the door. Do you lose some of your identity with that but as well? I just think that there's so many variables that have happened since the beginning of the playoffs to to this point that could have already screwed up a little bit of this chemistry. You know, obviously the hard feelings in Game 7 and how that all fell apart. There, there were some emotions that came forward from people um, and maybe things that they had su- been suppressing. Uh, and now when they're getting their ass handed to them, okay, now it's coming up. You know what I mean? Money and DA and trade rumors and KD, like a lot of this stuff – might make some of these guys feel some type of way. And so their chemistry could, for all intents and purposes, be be ruined. But I think they are professionals at the end of the day, and they'll get through it. But I, I will also say this about all the good vibes and the feelings and all this great stuff. Everybody's feeling good when you fucking win. When they, when they start losing in the playoffs, shit start falling apart. And I would say that if the Suns won, they were a 42-42 and 42 team, I guarantee the vibes wouldn't have been all – you know, hunky dory either. It would have been like, okay, well, there's some truths that need to come out. And so here we go. And that's why I just, I hesitate to just dump him for nothing. Like some people are asking that the Suns do, because if you're talking about guys that are pivotal to that locker room chemistry and to having been through, you know, experiences like this with other teams in his past career, a guy like Jay Crowder is a good guy that help can help repair some of those things. If if he's upset, obviously that makes it more difficult. <laughs> yeah. But like I don't see Jay Crowder being the type that would let that get ahead of his professionalism and his bond with these guys. And, and you can see it in the comments. There's just so many so many misconceptions about Jay. Like somebody said that he shoots more than DA. He takes four fewer field goal attempts per game than DA. So that's just not even remotely true. There's there's just I feel like people pin it on the weakest link in the starting five. Yeah. And I get it. You want a, an upgrade at that position when you look at how good the rest of this team is. You want Kevin Durant. But like trading him for nothing is just bad asset management. You can move him to the bench and start Cam Johnson, and there, you've upgraded your four. Yeah. Like A blue gold in the chat <laughs> says 42 and 42 You're, is impossible. This is correct. So. Math is tough. So it was, yeah, 41 and 41. My bad, Blue Gold. Jesus. It was close enough. Jacob, can we remind everybody what today is so we can get back to where we were trying to go? <laughs> Train Machine Tuesday. Train Machine. <laughs> All right. So first up, we've got the Suns receiving Duncan Robinson and the Heat receiving Jay Crowder and Tori Craig. Who says no? Look, mm. the, heat, the Heat are looking for a, a guy that can replace P.J. Tucker, right? There's two of them. You may you may need to figure out which one's uh, the P.J. Tucker on a specific night, but you get two guys that can play that role. Duncan Robinson can shoot from deep, which is something we've talked about this team needing. I mean, I think that's – I get it. Big contract hasn't 
performed up to it. But if you're looking at him coming and help spread the floor, he can still do that. That's the only thing he can do. If that's what <laughs> defensively, you, to do. you are going to be the chat hates struggling. <laughs> I hate this it. too. You can hate it. It's an option. You know. I I okay. The shooting would be definitely a nice asset. My hesitation. Aside from the defense thing, because that is a considerable concern with Robinson, he's not playable come playoff time, um, is the fact that like with spot-up shooters that the Suns have had in the past, like Langston Galloway, like Landry Shamit, Monty and the Suns have not always utilized them all that well as far as getting them flying off screens, getting them set up for spot-up looks. And that's exactly what you would want with Duncan Robinson. Because we remember the times that they played the Heat, and he torched the Suns multiple times. But, like, you need an offense that has him flying around screens, and the Suns' offense just doesn't do that as often as it needs to for a guy like that. Let me make this clear. This wasn't my favorite deal. No, I I just looked at the rumors of teams. Ryan G in the chat, trade Espo after this trade. Oh, that's (laughs) me. If you get something of quality, sure, but you're not going to, so... (laughs) Okay, well, then I guess we can move on from this one. Nobody liked it. Nobody liked that one. We got another one. The Suns receive Mike Conley and the Jazz receive Jay Crowder, Torrey Craig, campaign, and a 2023 first-round pick. Who says no? Uh, I think the Jazz might be hesitant on it, but if you look at it, they get a cheaper, younger option in campaign to play and then expiring deals, and they get another first-round pick. And it feels like uh, Danny Ainge is trying to do his best Sam Presti and get all of uh, all of it. There's so, three years left on Conley's deal? Two, two, two years at $22 yeah. million. Oh, man. You got, you're going to have two old-ass point guards for the next two seasons. Oh, man. That's, that's, a, that's it, a tough one. It, it answers a question, a very big question you've had on this roster. Who's your backup point guard, and is it a quality backup point guard? The nice thing is – as long as they rotate when they're injured, you always have a starting caliber guard, point guard there too. So I, I like this trade. I like it for the Jazz first of all because I I saw a couple of people saying the Jazz would say no if they're getting a first round pick and expiring deals for Conley. They're trying to blow it up. They're trying to add assets to them. I don't think they have any interest in paying Conley twenty plus mil over the next no. two years. So I think they would like that trade for the Suns. I like it as far as bolstering the playoff rotation. It obviously makes you a worse regular season team. And, and we've talked about this with like losing JaVale McGee, but turning to Dario Saric. Worse regular season team, potentially better playoff team when you have to really shorten the rotation. The biggest thing for me is the age and injury thing. Cause mm-hmm. you know, Mike Conley did play 72 games last year. So it's not like he missed a ton of time, but he does have that injury history. He turns 35 in October. So between Chris Paul and now Mike Conley, you are running the risk as far as are either of your point guards going to be fully healthy it for might a playoff be the run. Oldest tandem in NBA history at that point. But look, you're. I think, yeah, you're probably right. It'd be pretty pretty, pretty close. close yeah. But look, at some point, you're going to have to take some swings to try to make right. you a better playoff team. I think that makes you a better playoff team. And then you know, there's other there's other guys that you could fill in in that Tory Craig, Jay Crowder 
roll uh, if need be. But this next one, I think, is... We're getting closer. Is, We're getting closer. This one's the one that everybody's going to All right. We've got the Suns in. receiving Jordan Clarkson, the Jazz receiving Jay Crowder, Torrey Craig, and a 2023 first-round pick. Ding, 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 ding. Here we go. This is what the chat was saying. Swap out Jordan Clarkson, and I'm okay with this one. Yeah, I feel like this one gives you the scoring punch you need off the bench and another guy that can be a ball handler when Chris Paul is not on the floor. But this is, this is very much where I think they need to, to look at and Utah says yes, because it's two expiring contracts uh, and a first round pick for a guy with two years on his deal at 13.3 million per, you know, like that's, that's the kind of deal that Utah's in business for. And I think this makes the Suns a better team, bolsters your bench, which means you can probably move Cam into your starting lineup. You would have to with Jay going out, but then you wouldn't lose your scoring punch on the bench because you actually kind of upgrade that with Jordan Clarkson here. Yeah, I, I think we've talked about Jordan Clarkson before, and I have my concerns about his shot selection and his efficiency, but Again, he is a guy that can create off your bench and can score for you. Um, it hurts your wing depth a little bit, but if Cam Johnson's capable of plugging in that starting four spot and then Clarkson is coming to your bench, I think that's good. I think the Jazz would at least be interested in that type of deal because it's two expirings and a first rounder. They're trying to blow it up. They don't. They have no need for Jordan Clarkson. They might try to hold out for more. They might keep him and look to the trade deadline and try to... Be like, okay, if you really want this guy to help your bench, you got to give us one or two first-round picks. That damn Rudy Gobert trade ruined everything. I don't know what the Timberwolves were thinking because setting four first-rounders for Rudy Gobert, now they're going to hold out for one to two for every other damn player they have. But Do you think that really com can completely change the entire trade landscape of the NBA, though? Or are a majority of GMs going to look at that and be like, that was a bad move? I think, and that, if you're, that can't be what sets the standard moving forward, or nobody's going to move people. I mean, I think it impacts it for sure. I don't think it determines it solely because then we could have another trade that comes along, a major one that totally realigns the market value. But like as of right now, it's not just him; it's what the uh, the Hawks gave up for Dejounte Murray as well. They gave up a whole host of picks. Oh. I think that's what it's going to take. Jordan Clarkson is nowhere near oh, that. Yeah, thank you. But like, obviously, if you're asking for one. Maybe with Gobert getting four, now you can ask for two. It opens the door a little bit more, especially because Danny Ainge is clearly stockpiling picks now. You can ask for whatever you want. It's whether the market's willing to pay it. And I don't see somebody giving up two first-round picks for Jordan Clarkson unless James Jones knows he's out of the KD sweepstakes and he says, you know, screw the picks. I, I need a guy. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't think that's going to be the market price. Now, the Jazz could play that game of chicken because it doesn't impact them. I mean, they, they don't really care. They're going to be bad regardless if they if they move off of Donovan Mitchell. So, uh, but I think this next one could uh, could be really spicy if, uh, if yeah. you want to go here. Okay, uh, I like this one. I think it's going to be so. Fun. Prepare yourselves, <laughs> chat and listeners. We have the Suns receiving Kelly Oubre Jr. <laughs> and the Hornets receiving Jay Crowder. Who says no? Not me, because I it's do. chaos. <laughs> I do. This man came up with his Joker trade. You, you called me the Joker yesterday, so now He's I'm just going to bring the chaos. I think that offended him. I think he was offended. I was just trying to throw in a Batman reference, and I, I think I hurt wait, his apologize. feelings. It was, it was very accurate, and that's why I think <laughs> and that's it hurt, hurt so much. <laughs> 
Look, this I don't know I don't know that the Hornets would do this. I don't know that the Suns would do this, but the math works. The chat and the fans is, is very 50-50 on this one. There's a lot of W's, there's a lot of hell no's. There's a lot of give me that beautiful man back in a Suns jersey. So we'll talk about potentially shaking up the chemistry for better or worse. That's oh. the way you do it right there. But I still I said this before the show when we first talked about this and we won't go too far into this. I get it. But I do think Kelly Oubre Jr. is a different has a different approach to teams than what he had when he was first with the Suns. I think when he was first with the Suns, there was a mindset of I kind of want this to be my team. I think I can be that guy to more so understanding, okay, maybe I'm not that guy in its entirety, but I can still be a main player. I I, I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. <coughs> I, I just, I've seen him, I saw him play in Charlotte. He was having issues over there as well. And to the point where, like you said, that they, they did bench him. And it's because he is the black hole. Like that ball goes to him. You will never see it again. <laughs> That's why him and Book did not agree on the court. Because every time that ball swung to Kelly's side, you knew it was not coming back. Uh, and he has not changed in that regard. I don't care what's going on in life. Uh, so I, I would stay away from this one. Listen, you, this team, one of the things that is nice about this team is the chemistry that they have uh, in, in ball movement. Uh, and that's led by Chris Paul. Uh, you don't want that to be stunted because one person thinks that they have a bigger role than everybody else, even though you have much bigger other uh, other players that have bigger roles than you do. And I don't think Kelly Oubre is ever going to be humble enough to really accept that. Slasher, scorer, good looking. I mean, good looking. Like, could you not want that? <laughs> Dreamy eyes. You, you, know, you know what I'd really love about it is the fact that is the fact that he would never have gotten a chance to wear the Valley jersey. He would have been traded right before it happened uh, and come back right brutal. after right it went afterwards. away. I think that would make it beautiful in and of itself right there. So, Oof. Look, I, I would make this trade only under two conditions. One is that Jay Crowder absolutely unequivocally wants out and that he would be a detriment to the team chemistry if you keep him. And B, that Kelly's coming here understanding that he is the sixth man and that Cam Johnson, the guy who used to play behind him would be now starting over him if he's cool with that i would consider it but i do have concerns as well because he is a guy that as soon as he catches it it's tunnel vision head down going to the basket that is something the suns need we've talked about how they need to get to the basket more to take more layups and dunks and have somebody that can put the ball on the floor and create their own offense whether you want Kelly to be that guy is another question i, I he's a double digit scorer off the bench for charlotte last year not a great three-point shooter. I would be okay with him coming back, but only under those two conditions. And even then, it's it's dicey. You don't think Monty wants to run the 23.5 second <laughs> offense? You know, pound the air of the ball? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's... Look, he the, that's the thing, though. He kind of fits in with .5 because he immediately puts the ball down, puts his head down, <laughs> and drives. <laughs> so true. he does still technically fit in, but it's always the same thing. I, I think he would need to, like Lindsay was talking about, have a different outlook on what his role is and what he can do to make a team successful in the NBA. He was he went to the Golden State Warriors, and Golden State is one of the, the more, uh, you know, chemistry-driven offenses in in the league, and he was like a, a square peg in a round hole. Like, it was just awful. But that was when a lot of the guys were injured, though, Yeah, too. but it wasn't but, like... But it's still, like, the system itself, he just didn't fit. And we all knew it didn't fit 
when he wins. And then he goes to Charlotte. He's playing with a lot of young guys and LaMelo Ball and, and company. And again, he just doesn't fit. He doesn't fit anywhere in the league because he does not know how to share the ball. And he never will. <laughs> Damn. That was like unequivocal. Like He's never going to figure it out. He won't. I, I mean, he's been in the league for like, what, six, seven well, years? I mean, yeah, but he's still, it out yet? he's still only 26. He's not like a done deal. Maybe a change of scenery yeah, could help. Yeah, but he's been in the league for like seven years. Yeah, I like, mean, that's, he, that's like 50 in NBA years. I just, don't, I just don't think he's like, he has no place in the league. I just think his place in the league might not be on a title contending team. That's no, my it, it'll, be on, it'll be on an average or a bad team. That's yeah. that's forever the Kelly Oubre way. Oh, it just will be. Jesus. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not shit. I'm not trying to shit on the guy. I'm like, yeah. he, literally, like his game does not fit with the with like the the premier team concept. The mm. only place I could possibly see him going to where maybe he could find a way mm. is maybe L.A. Because L.A. is kind of you know the ball dominant. You know, LeBron dominates. Mm. AD dominates. Maybe you bring in Kelly and. He can do a little bit of that, but still, like, so they another, just will never see eye to eye. So it'll never happen. So another desperate average team. <laughs> yes, what you're saying. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Like, I, I did it. I love Kelly, but you are onto something because you look at the teams that he's been on, Wizards for four years, Suns for two years, Warriors, and then Charlotte last year. They were all very middle-of-the-line average teams. I, and he didn't even play in the best part of one of the, those those teams mm -hmm. when they had their hottest run, which is the Suns in the bubble. Mm -hmm. He decided to sit out, and they had their best run of the season. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. So I actually full-heartedly agree with you on this. <laughs> I just really wanted to see all this chaos. <laughs> he loves out. the chaos. I mean, you're not wrong, but it's sad because I wish you were. I love Kelly Oubre. <laughs> yes. I, I like... I love Kelly Oubre as a person. Mm -hmm. I think he's such a unique individual. I love everything, like even the way he goes about his business off the court, mm -hmm. um, the way he ever talked to us in the me media. He was fantastic. He didn't put up with bullshit, which I really appreciated because some people would ask some dumb fucking questions mm -hmm. and he'd call them out on it. Like, bro, you weren't here yesterday. That's when I answered that question. Get out of my face. And I was like, I'm glad you said that because I was here yesterday. Uh, outside of that, though, on the court, and that's all we're talking about is on the court. But you don't think so. You don't think there is any way possible for him to change his mindset and play a more team centric. He's been game. The, he's been the man his whole life, and I didn't see him do like he had some good players at Kansas, and I literally saw the ball just stop in his hands all the time at Kansas. Goes to Washington, the same thing happens. Comes to the Sun, same thing happens. Goes to the Golden State Warriors, goes to the, like it hasn't changed all this time. It's hard for me to believe that. Like, you know, he gets married and has a kid and all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I should share. That, that does no. that does change something. Kids will make you learn how to share. This is very true, though. <laughs> just if there sleep. was one person who could teach you how to share, it's a kid because those things no. take everything. <laughs> Kelly's taking the ball from his kid too. All yeah, right. Yeah. Look, yeah. I I don't think I, I don't think I don't think that works. Right, I, Kelly. There's a reason that Kelly Oubre was traded. I know what hurt everybody's <laughs> feeling. And I was pounding the table back then that exactly what you're saying. And it hasn't changed. Bringing him back in, I think, causes locker room issues, among other things, uh, as well. I just, I don't see it. 
making sense. And I always hated the fact that he took the credit for the Valley jerseys as those were in the works long before. <laughs> yeah, Valley boys. made yeah. it cool, Espo. Those um, jerseys would not have popped yep, off nearly had, as much as they did without Kelly. Bull, I get what you're saying. Shit. I oh, get what you're bull, saying. Yeah, shit. somebody came up with it long before Kelly came through. You are 100% correct on that. Kelly made being a Valley boy yep. or girl cool. Absolutely. He made it trendy. He made it hip. Yep. He made son's basketball nope. fun. Yep. It was a desolate desert before okay. Kelly. Congratulations. That team won 30 games when he was playing it doesn't, for It doesn't matter. And it didn't make anything better. Chris Paul made things better in a deal that You're Kelly Uber went out You're going to that Kelly didn't make that garbage that we had to watch better? He made it more entertaining, sure to watch crap. Does entertaining not, not equate to better for he you? He did not make the Phoenix Suns better. He made it palatable okay. to have go. to All eat right. that garbage that we were force fed for for that. But year. that's that's a different argument. The Valley Boys thing the was Valley a whole. Was a, I don't cool care about. I, I don't Uber. care about that. That's fine. But the aesthetic, the coolness, the 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 more pop culture trends of everything that the Suns have been doing of late, that was a direct. Uh, uh, counterpoint to or a point to from uh, ah, uh, you got that. It came from Kelly Oubre starting the whole Valley Boys movement, really embracing that, talking like repping Phoenix. Even that's why the Suns have hopped on the trend of getting artists to, to create shirts and all stuff. It started with Kelly. It started all with Kelly. Nobody did it before Kelly that. Oubre and DeAndre, Kelly and DeAndre. Kelly, it was it was, it was kind of it was a vibe. It was a wave, and I think a lot of Suns fans will trace their especially recent Suns fans will trace the start of their fandom back to the bubble, to what was happening that Kelly season. Kelly wasn't in the bubble. But, but, Let him but finish. that season, leading into the bubble, the whole Valley Boys thing was catching on. It was becoming a thing. It was becoming cool to be a Suns fan. They had bobbleheads without uniforms on it because at, of that. You looked at the young team and you thought, okay, there's talent here. These guys might be good. They're not good right now, but they might be good. We might be on to something. Kelly on the court was not the driving force behind that. But he was a trendsetter with the pop-up things that he did and just how many, how much fans loved him and liked him yep. and how often he would promote the Valley Boys name in general. Like, he did make it cooler to be a Suns fan. Yeah. And he helped also, like, I'm not saying other players didn't do this, but it just felt a little bit different when Kelly would hype up some of his other teammates as well. It made you fall in love with guys like DA and Mikel and all that kind of stuff as well. Like... He definitely contributed. If you don't, if anything, you could say he didn't contribute to the encore. If you want to argue that, that's fine. He contributed to the culture. And yes. I do think he did contribute on the court as well, just not as much as he thought in his head. Right. He had the swag. Like, you can't deny the KO swag. Like, that's something yeah, I will it's not It's called ever... irrational confidence. <laughs> it's not, that's not. That is exactly what Kelly Oubre had. Kelly Oubre is the basketball version of Eric Burns, all right? Oh, man. I look. I don't even know what the fuck that reference he, is. He averaged is, like. Who's Eric Burns? Former Diamondbacks outfielder, now the manager of the Savannah Bananas. It's all show, <laughs> no substance, all right? Okay. I mean, the Savannah I, he did. He, bananas, don't. Don't poo-poo on that. I'm not <laughs> poo-pooing on the Savannah Bananas. Again, it's a trendsetter. He did average almost 19 points a game his last season here. It's not that he was, Great. I think he was. He was the skinniest kid at fat camp again. Like, not... look, he he was on a shitty well, team. Somebody had to score. That shitty team had its starting center out for 25 games also. So we, we've always talked about would this team have been a playoff team if DA hadn't been suspended 
for 25 games to start the season. I feel that yes, because they went on the 8-0 bubble run and came up just short of making the playoffs. I feel like Lindsay's required to speak nicely of Kelly Oubre as part of the <laughs> legal agreement after she hit him in the face with a mic. Like, it was, you have to speak kindly of me, otherwise this will go badly. I mean, again, I think this is two separate arguments. The argument isn't, did Kelly Oubre make the Suns good? It's... Mm-hmm. Did he make them trendy? Did yeah. he make them more palatable in in pop culture? And did yes, he change the chemistry did. to an extent? No, mm-hmm. because the rumor <laughs> is he le- got traded because he didn't get along with guys in the locker no, room. No, I understand <laughs> that, but the, there is sure there were rumors that there was some beef between certain players and him. Yes, but there mm-hmm. were also really good relationships between him and other certain players. And I'm talking about. The chemistry as far as being more lighthearted in these situations, okay. having fun playing basketball again. Dressing the same type, type of, of stuff mm-hmm. that JaVale McGee brought last year. Making it fun when you're winning okay. and going th- like battling through the trenches of a season. You're still enjoying it and your fan base knows that you're enjoying it. I was okay. not expecting to shit yeah. on Kelly Oubre and then, and then defend him. Kelly all U- in the same all show. Kelly Oubre. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> Kelly Oubre made it. Fun to lose. All right. I can oh agree to that. Jesus God, Christ. Christ Oubre was, my, my original argument was simply that it's, Kelly it's, Oubre it's, didn't it, make the Valley jerseys cool. Yeah, yeah. but because he, he didn't. One, he did. And two, you're two, holding on to that not. so much. You hate that, Kelly because of the Valley jerseys. That photo shoot is still iconic. I'm he not going to lie. It's... He did not make the Valley jerseys cool. They're a cool design, and winning made I them think, cool. I think he enhanced their coolness oh, because of the Photoshop. No, no, that you dropped. can't say that. Because he rode a you goddamn can't... horse. You yeah, yeah. Jersey <laughs> no, dude, yes. the Suns winning almost oh has nothing God. to do with how cool those jerseys are. It's like the Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys. When you mm. look at them, they sucked, but those jerseys were fucking hot. No. Look. No, that's not true. Because some people oh think God, that guy. the Suns' oval jerseys from the seven seconds or last days no. are the coolest jerseys, and it's because they wanted it, and that's when they became a fan. Uh, like, nobody on this panel, yeah, no, we hate none them. of us are as, in that age. Aesthetically, group. we hate those jerseys. Look, Kelly Oubre was a wave, but every wave crashes at some point. <laughs> And it just crashed all over freaking asphalt. <laughs> Why are you so bitter about that, man? <laughs> why, why can't Kelly get a little, little love for the Valley jerseys? Because it's ridiculous. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Because the whole so, group fell in love with a pretty boy, decided oh. to have fun losing, and oh. then they, I decided <laughs> to sow chaos and made myself angry. How the, hell did I, how the hell did I joker myself? Like you ran this. yourself over with your own fucking car. That's tough. Oh, sorry, Esbo. The only good thing Kelly Oubre did here was bring CP3 to the Valley. Oh, man. That's it. Um, You want to know the bright side if we do get Kelly back? What's that? If we get Kelly back, then we can go get Jordan Clarkson, and then they could come off the bench. Kelly Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) That one was courtesy of Shane Diefenbach, the man behind the mat. Attaboy, Shane. Thank you, Shane. Also, everyone in the chat saying that you need some OGs um, because you hurt your heart today, and that just might help you process your emotions a little Uh, bit more. Espo Espo goes to another level when we talk uniforms. Like He's very (laughs) he's the most passionate person I've ever met when it comes to uniforms of any type. Like He will debate you all day long. Give the graphic designers their love. They deserve it. You can Who's you can do designer? both. There's a whole team of them. You can give the graphic designers their love and also give Kelly the love for amplifying their work. Boom. 
it's did like you, it's like. Hold on, did you like, see the crappy shirts that Kelly Oubre put out? Oh, and now we're trying to give him credit for a beautiful oh, jersey. God, did I, I just no. not say he amplified somebody else's work? Espo. All because you Sir. don't like it doesn't mean it's crappy. It was clip art. Literal clip art. Yeah, but anyway. when somebody like Kelly Oubre wears clip art, it becomes cool. It's like, listen, we've we've sold a lot of merch, but let Devin Booker wear one of our shirts. All of a sudden, it's the coolest thing in the Valley. Exactly. I promise you that. Happy That's just that. what it is. Devin Booker's a good player who's added oh to winning and is an all-time freaking great. God. That's the first thing I think when I look at a jersey's aesthetic is like, how have my, how what's their like win percentage? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> if you how win, much will I feel like a winner by wearing this if shirt? If you win, you like things more. Oh I get God. that. I get your sentiment because a lot of people do like those awful jerseys from the Nash era. I'm not one of those people. Though. I hate Man, those well, in the chat. The 0405 Orange PHX Suns were, jerseys were oh, lit. No, I don't man. know what anyone's saying. Oh, they were man, goddamn wow. Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, we are uniforms. all entitled to our own opinion yeah, about well, what we think looks cool wrong, and what, dip, right? what doesn't, but we're all wrong at some point in time in somebody else's eyes. Espo so. <laughs> at man. this point is like arguing with the wall. <laughs> and shouts at clouds. <laughs> okay, so back to my so. OGs, Reed. If you need some OGs, now is a great time for you to head over to gophnext.com or click the link in our show notes because we're going to give away some OGs. That's right. We've got our Flavoring Life Sweepstakes, which is live at gophnx.com right now. And one winner will receive three bags of of OGs, including orange creamsicle and a tropical flavor, an OGs hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. So this is a really big package that you definitely... Espo! F you, Espo! I didn't even hear it. I'm glad I didn't hear it. Dear Lord. This is a really big I heard big package and I was like, and giveaway. I heard him laugh. I was like, Jesus. He's gone to his maniacal joker he laugh. Is. Now we broke him. Yeah. With Kelly Oubre, we broke he him. He did that on purpose. He's just trying to get back at me because no. he's mad at me about Kelly Oubre and these valley jerseys. No, we locked eyes. Anyway. You laughed before. Oh, my God, Espo. How can you make something bad go from bad to worse? Jesus. What is wrong with Espo today? Oh. Holy crap! <laughs> Actually, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> Oh my he's god. Actually, he's actually <laughs> laughing like the Joker right now. <laughs> Gerald, I think you literally broke something in uh, Espo's soul yesterday with those comments. It wasn't my fault. Let me finish the ad. <laughs> I'm trying. Check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. You must be 21 years or older to purchase. And also, we want you guys to stay safe and healthy this summer and this upcoming sun season. So COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit easyhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Blue gold in the chat saying, listen, Kelly got the show lit today. We'll give him that. This is true. So if with nothing, we owe Kelly for that. Thank you guys for tuning in. Oh, we appreciate you. We will be back tomorrow, same place, same time, 2 p.m. on our YouTube channel if you want to come join us live. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourget. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. But I don't know if Espo well, should luck. be the one to Here take we go. Good not. luck.
I don't know. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Ahoy hoy. My lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PH and X though. Lindsay Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I'll always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. Always on the job. My team move like the mob. Turn the beat on.